Welcome to the Crazy Ike Fan Podcast. I'm your host, Teddy. No matter where you are, thanks for making this part of your day. Thanks for taking a listen. Hope everyone's doing well. Hope everyone's having a good week. All right, so let's talk some Ike. We got a Stratus Tripoli coming up this week. Um, can I preview this match as well as you guys know how I do the podcast that have been long, <clears throat> that have been with me from the start of the season. Then I'll preview some of the other big matches in the Super League. Uh, just my little take on them. Uh, let me start the way I've started podcasts by correcting myself from a few mistakes. And then we'll move on to talk about this <clears throat> match coming up this Sunday. All right, first things first. Uh, happy birthday to Original. Original 21. They uh, celebrated 40 years over last weekend. I forgot to mention this in the last podcast. Um, I think they had a concert outside of Tiraikusiana uh, at the keep of the, the old stand where uh, Skipasti used to be. So happy birthday to them. They've always supported the team. They're a big part of Ike, the Ultras culture. Uh, you know, sometimes they kind of group together with hooligans, but I've stated before on this podcast, I think it's two totally separate things to be an, an Ike fanatic and to be a member of the original Organomenos Opus Lemilinica. And then to be someone that wants to go out and destroy stuff. <laughs> Original supports the team wherever they are. They have groups all over the world. They have a, there's a, an original fan club in Montreal. London is very huge. London travels all over the world. I mean, all over Europe <clears throat> um, for basketball games or anything that has to do with Ike. So congratulations to them. They're oftentimes kind of grouped into this... Uh, anti-fascist, anti-Nazi, left, left-leaning left ultras group. For some fans, that is true. For others, it's not. I recently watched an interview with, um, gosh, Dimitris Hadzikristo, one of the founding members, is considered the founding member of Original, and he said that wasn't his intention from the beginning. His intention was just to create a group of just a fan club for all like Jews to get together. So happy birthday to them. Um, guys, I'm trying to get better. I'm still growing as a podcaster. Um, you know, I got some compliments saying, keep the show going. You're doing a great job. It's kind of hard to do it sometimes by yourself, but I try to do my best. All that being said, trying to get better. I have to um, briefly talk about one of my mistakes. The first I goal, I forgot how I worded it in the last podcast. I should have listened to it. I didn't describe it correctly. I mean, most of you probably have it. Even if you weren't able to watch the game, probably saw highlights. Balk was trying to play the ball from the back. And uh, the goalkeeper passed it to a defender who had actually come all the way kind of almost behind the goal, like right on the outline of inside the, the small box. And was passing the ball out to another defender. Araujo comes in, slide tackles the ball away from the defender. Eliasson is right there on the right side. I think I described things completely wrong, and I apologize for that. And Araujo, like I said, tackled the ball. Eliasson was able to jump on it and pass the ball across the box to a wide-open Levy Garcia, who just knocks the ball in. That's the way the first goal went. I apologize. I um, did not describe it correctly on the last podcast. So let's move on from there. Um, Muhammadi. I don't think I talked about him a lot. I talked about him pre-match, how I was surprised how he was in that left-back role. And it had me a little concerned. But 
And those of you, again, who have been with me from the start, I've been harping on at the beginning of the season, especially when things weren't going so well, when we, the team was still trying to figure out how to play. Almeida was still trying to figure out who was starting 11 were. Um, and I had harped on this, that by the end of signing day, or the trade deadline, what have you, the transfer window, whatever you want to call it, uh, we hadn't signed a player yet. We hadn't signed a left back. And I was very concerned about that because I felt like we had gotten all these other quality pieces and didn't have it around. But once again, Almeida proves us wrong. He said, have enough players to have a good team. And Mohamadi proves that. Mohamadi has been playing fantastic the past few games. It seems like the guy has found his confidence. He's got a little more speed, a little more better up front than Haji Safi. Haji Safi, again, I've talked about Haji Safi before, where I love having these utility players that can play in different positions on the field. Not the fact that I want players to play out of position, but at the same time, when you go through an entire season and you have injuries, let's say you had, you know, I don't know, uh, both Sibede and Rota out, Haji Safi can jump in that in that right <clears throat> right back role or left back role, you know. Um, so it's really good to have versatile players like that. I, I I like that. I don't like obviously to play players out of position, but um, you know it it shows to the resolve of this player Muhammadi and big ups to him because he's been playing fantastic the past few games that he plays. He completely shut down and annoyed Neddy. I mean, Luchescu was trying to do things. I watched the replay the other day, and Luchescu was trying to um, switch up Neddy to get Neddy more involved. We knew he was probably Balk's most dangerous player, and Mohamadi shut him down. He hasn't had that many mistakes, you know. And yeah, in the game against Panathinaikos, I think he lost Palacios at one point, but still, he had shut him down most of the game from the time he had come in there. Um, so big ups to him. I give credit where credit's due. It seems like we have found a steady left back for right now. And it's nice to have other options at that position, just in case, you know, he does. Like I said, Mohamadi had that terrible pass where he gifted Olympiacos a goal last year. And it was early in the season to where we lost that match 3-2. to two, And it meant a lot that we had lost that match because it didn't put us out of title contention. But the team kind of lost confidence from there. And Mohamadi lost confidence, obviously, did not have a good rest of the season. Um, but it's good to see him finally <clears throat> playing up to his potential and getting some confidence under his belt. So let's move on. Uh, Vida has some type of, uh, I don't understand Greek medical terms sometimes, so I don't know what you know they're talking about when they talk about these things. I'm just being completely honest here. So... I think he has some type of sprain. It's not anything serious from the the imaging and, you know, x-rays, whatever MRIs he's had done over the past couple of days. But it does show that he's going to be careful because he's in on the that World Cup list for Croatia. Doesn't seem like he's going to play definitely in this match against Asteras Tripoli. He's coming up in Tripoli. But he will play. We might have him back by next Sunday, which we'll, we will be playing Olympiacos um, for that big, big derby to end the, the this portion of the season right before the World Cup break. Um, Mukumudi was also looking to be out. Um, he had some type of virus. He did testing for, like, coronavirus, and it wasn't coronavirus, probably just the flu. You guys know, I mean, Greece is anywhere from 
like any other place in the world, this time of year it gets hot, cold, hot, cold. I live in a similar climate, similar degrees, and a lot of people around here in North Carolina have been getting a little sick. It's just this crazy weather, I feel like. Um, and But it seems like he will be match fit because there was a little... Uh, with Vida out and then Mukumudi maybe missing this match, we could have seen Zavellas and Mitoglu, which I have to say, okay, I know it's a different year. They're probably playing with a lot more confidence, but kind of like you other Ike fans out there that watched them play last year, those two together, uh, that's all I'm going to say. Not to jinx it. Let's um, keep our fingers crossed. Araujo also dealing with um, a little bit of an injury. It's not... I think, if I'm not mistaken, they said it was just some swelling. Uh, X-rays were negative. There's no sprain. He is considered questionable right now. Um, they're going to see if he can practice tomorrow. So the consensus is between the talking heads in Greece that Amrabat will start and play kind of that uh, left-wing role, kind of where Gatsinovich plays, and Gatsinovich will move in right behind Levi that's kind of, like I said, the thinking of the 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 reporters out there. Now it could be that he just swaps out um, Araujo for Amrabat because this is going to be kind of a difficult game for us, similar to last year. If any of you guys remember that follow the team, we played in Tripoli last year. A lot of rain, very sloppy game. Honestly, Matofo. It should have been called off, but they're calling for more rain this Sunday early in the a.m. up until right until right before kickoff. So it's going to be the the field's going to be very tough to play on, um, similar to how it was in Tripoli last year. So, but Hadzi uh, Safi has been fully cleared to play. I think he was cleared last week also, and then uh, Zuber has been cleared, but the, he also depending on what the team needs, might not get any game action yet because obviously you have the World Cup coming up, guys. I know it sucks to say it's... I've said my piece on this before. I think it's terrible that we're having a World Cup right in the middle of the season because of stuff like this. Because this is a, you know, World Cup is something that players don't get to play in very often. You don't know what your, your career is going to look like in four years. So, of course, players are going to protect themselves. And especially older players like Vida saying this is probably going to be his last World Cup. Um, Steven Zubat is kind of in his prime, wants to have a good World Cup for his country. You know, they're going to take it easy. I mean, you can't blame them. This is not something that happens every year, uh, which is another reason why it sucks that this World Cup is um, is in the wintertime. So, but they said Van Wirt uh, is fully fit. He will might get a bench start. We might see him in, and this might be, you know, we might see him in there. This might be a match where we could really use him, uh, especially if Araujo doesn't play, to come up off the bench, kind of spark the team. I feel like if the field is doing bad, we don't get an early goal. I'll go over what I think about Tripoli in a few minutes, but this could be um, a match where he, Van Wirt could become very, very uh, vital <clears throat> to be back on the team. So it's good timing. Um, like I said, last year, it was rainy. 
I think we ended up with a 1-1 draw. Or was it a 0-0 a, a zero zero draw? I don't remember, but I remember it being a draw and dropping points. This game could be very tricky, okay? I know the form of Tripoli sucks. No offense to any Tripoli fans out there. Tripoli are normally one of those teams where it's a very hard place to play. They're, they're one of those teams that can always... You're always on upset alert when you play them. This year, they've played, like, distant from the form you're, you're used to seeing them. You know, they're almost in that red zone where they're going to be battling relegation. So they're going to be desperate for points. I mean, look, they're, they didn't look good at the back. I was able to watch most of the second half with them in Pasiana the other day. And they were up 1-0. I actually started watching it right when I turned the TV on. Tripoli had just scored, so I thought, hey, they're in control of the game, blah, blah, blah. Like, I didn't get to see the first half, so I didn't know how both teams played in the first half. But then as the game drew closer and closer, Tripoli had a couple of chances to put the ball away, to put the game out of reach for Yanina. They didn't do it. And then two late goals again, just like it cost them a point against Pauk, cost them more points in this match. And they're, they've only got one win on the season. So they're sitting right now at eight points. Um, I really think they're very, they're very suspect at the back. We can take advantage of that. Uh, all things considering, we can cause havoc. But again, the rain and how desperate this team is, and how desperate their manager Metaxas is to keep his job. Because I feel like if if this game, I don't think it's going to be a shellacking. But let's say it turns into you know us pumping out three or four goals in them. I think Metaxas is done. Great manager. I hate to see Greek managers not do well. I would love to see Greek managers back at big clubs. Good Greek managers, not like, you know, I was I was a Yanniki fan at the beginning of when we first got him. I praised him. I thought, you know, this guy was half German. He'd went to one of the biggest football uh, managing schools in the world, in Germany. I was a Yanniki fan because I, I, not that I'm a, like I said, like I'm a Greek nationalist. Like I, I love all people, but obviously we, we want, our, our teams are Greek. So we want to promote as much of our fellow countrymen as we can. Um, but he just, I don't know what's going on. Uh, you know, a lot of it, people say, is the fact that they have so many foreign players, which they've always had that. They've always had a nice Latin fl flair. Uh, but Alice is not going to play in this game. That other player, I forget his name right now, I think Morales. I know Barales and, I don't know, uh, one of their other players, I think, is kind of hurt. So they're coming in limping anyways. We should uh, take full advantage of this. But again, the weather in the field, it's a big the way that ball's going to be sliding. I mean, last year it looked like players trying to play in a pool. And even the announcer said, like, I don't understand how the referee cleared this game to play. So, um, like I said, their form did not look good against Yanina. But they're desperate for points because they want to avoid that relegation line. They don't want to get in that battle. Um, I do not think they're going to they're gonna have to fight off re relegation. It'd be terrible. This team has been a, a mainstay in Greek football for a very long time in the Super League. And their fans are very passionate about this club. And, you know, the Arcadians deserve better than that. So um, another thing is no fans 
Um, Tripoli's not giving Ike any tickets, and this seems to be final. It's not one of those situations where I think I said this before going into the first match of the season where La Mia had said they're not giving us tickets, and then all of a sudden, like a few hours before the match, they open up ticket lines and people can go get tickets. This is like a final thing. They're not... I think Estadas Tripoli's put out an announcement that said no one without season tickets is getting into the stadium. So... I don't know why. I've said my thoughts on this before. I'll say it again. I think that's a wrong move. Tripoli is a pretty big size city and they get pretty good crowds at their games, but you have such an opportunity to at least open up one or two gates, even if it's just 1,000, 2,000 opposing fans, especially when teams that have, that are well supported come into town. It, it boosts up the, the town's economy. It brings, you know, fans brings fans to the to the city it boosts the little the smaller cities economies i think it's great you know i i I get the whole fan violence behind it people are worried about that people are worried about you know i mean it is greece it is one of the reasons sadly very very sadly i've talked about this before where in big matches we don't see away fans anymore which to me it's it's you know it it really is heartbreaking because I love sitting back watching other matches in other leagues, like the Premier League, Germany, anywhere you talk about, and to see the away fans go crazy when you score an away goal, and even in Greece when you see it, uh, it's 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 very, you know, it's it's a part of football, man. It's so much fun to to see, you know, even, and I would dare say it, even if it's against Ike, like yeah, I'd be pissed off in the moment, but at the same time, like if we let. Olibakos fans into Philadelphia, and then they let us go to Karaskaki. You know, I mean, it, it. I don't know. It's just heartbreaking that it's 2022, and for I think the better half of 20 years now. I mean, I can remember a handful of times maybe that the league has allowed away fans at big matches. It's just sad that we can't get our our stuff together for this. Um. Prediction for this match, I think it should be Ike winning 1-0 or 2-0. I'm hoping we'll get a quick goal. Um, you know, could this game get a little tricky? It could, but I just think we have too much quality, too much quality. And I mean, for our Pauk team that we saw how bad they're struggling to put two goals against these guys the last few minutes, and for a Yanana team to put two goals past them, I mean... Like I said, the field is going to be a big factor. They're also desperate for points, but I just don't see how we drop points here. Um, to keep things rolling. Um, so, and then, that's all I'm going to say about this match. There's not really much to preview. Uh, it should be a kind of win that we, where we should go down there in Arcadia, Arcadia beautiful part of the country to the nice city of Tripoli and get a victory at the same time. How great is Apple, man? How great is Apple and these freaking TV channels in Greece? How the big derby that a lot of Greeks are going to be watching is at 7.30 and then at 8.30 I can play Tripoli. (laughs) How great is Apple, guys? I mean, for someone that, you know, I'm I'm probably going to watch the Olympiakos-Panathinaikos match, you know, Derby Apatonion, 
for a little while before our match starts, just to see what's going on, just to talk about that very quickly also. We need to be able to take full advantage on whatever happens in the big deadby. I think it's a win-win situation for Ike. If Panathinaikos win, we need to win to keep pace with Panathinaikos and also distance ourselves a little more with Ibiakos. Uh, if the grand scenario for us would be if it's a tie, that way we gain two points on, e um, on each of them. Uh, we gain two points on Panathinaikos and then distance ourselves two points from Olympiacos, two more points from Olympiacos. Um, that would be the best scenario. Going into a very big week for us, um, we also have mid midweek games this week. We're playing off Wednesday. So, guys, on that note, I'm going to say most likely my next podcast is going to be after that match because I feel like it, it's too fast of a turnaround Got a lot of stuff going on this weekend. Hopefully, I'm going to be able to catch the match. I thought that I wasn't going to be able to because we had family in town. The family situation has kind of switched for Sunday. So, hopefully, fingers crossed, I'll be able to watch, if not all, most of the match. Um, and then we have, like I said, midweek games this week in the Greek Super League. And we play off you Wednesday. So, I'm just going to do a... I'm going to have a big episode. This one's going to be a little short from what you guys are used to, but I'm going to do a big episode probably either Wednesday night or Thursday uh, going over, you know, the post-game for Tripoli and then the post-game for Aikofi where we're playing in Philadelphia and then previewing the massive derby coming up against... Olympiacos and Karaskaki right before the World Cup break. It's it's going to be a very interesting week for, for us. I can see this. Um, so hopefully we can get a win in Tripoli. Let's see what's going to happen. You know, like I said in the, in the Big Derby, we need to take full advantage of whatever the fallout is from that. All right, so let's move on here. Um... Let me, let me, like I said, my prediction is 1-0, 2-0. I feel like we're going to get a fast goal, possibly get another goal as, as uh, Astetas tries to come out. And I don't really see it as a, as a landslide. I was texting somebody from Greece and kind of trying to get their thoughts the other day on this match because I haven't really seen that much of Tripoli this year. And, and he is projecting like a big win for Ike. I would kind of hesitate that because I really feel like a lot of those Tripoli players, yes, they're not Greeks, but they've been there for years. They're going to play with pride. There's a lot of pressure. They're going to hear a lot of grumblings if 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 they drop more points here, and especially if, if they wind up getting smashed by Ike. Um, could cause a lot of problems. Let me move on to the, to the um, rest of the matches this week. Again, for those of you that haven't listened to this for a long time, um, I do the the big five, as they call them in Greece. I also preview a little bit of the, or just say a few words on the matches coming up for Panathinaikos, Olympiagos, Aris, and Pauk. Um, so <clears throat> with that being said, Atromitos host Aris. I honestly, when I sit here and type this out, all I wrote was question marks because I have no idea. I have no idea which Aris team is going to show up. I don't have no idea which Atromitos team is going to show up. 
Um, your guess is as good as mine. I see this kind of maybe being a nice little goal fest, maybe a 2-2 draw. Uh, Adi's just didn't look too good last week. Um, moving on, Balk host Pasiana. Pasiana are coming off a big, big win in Tripoli, like I said. Or not in Tripoli, they were playing in Yanana against the Saras Tripolis. Um, this match, I think Balk are really reeling. I think it's been a tough week for them with everything that happened, with them losing the Derby and the way they lost the Derby, how bad they played. So I'm going to say this is going to be a surprise. It's going to be 1-1. One, one. Again, full disclosure, don't bet these games. These are just my thoughts. Sometimes I come close to being right or I'm right. Sometimes I'm wrong. So don't take it out of me if you lose any money. Um, not, I would bet if my state would allow it, I'm in a state where you can't play um, betting games and I wouldn't bet a lot of money, but just to make stuff a little more interesting, I would bet some games, but I'm not in a state where that's allowed. Unfortunately, so, but for you guys, I'm not the, I'm not a, a betting guru over here, or gambling guru. <laughs> so let's move on. The big derby apatonion, or union, whatever you want to call it, the eternal derby. Uh, I gave this some thought, um, and I just don't see what the quality of Panathinaikos and how much they're rolling right now, how they're going to drop any points here. Like I said, ideally for Ike, I would like it to be a win. Um, I mean, ideally for Ike, I would like it to be a draw. I apologize. But I think it's going to be a 2-1 Panathinaikos win. A lot of goals, a lot of rough plays. Uh, I think Olibakos are going to play well. They've been playing well the past few games. But I just think with Panathinaikos having a chance to really distance themselves from the main contender, which is Olibakos, I know, guys... Don't hate me for saying that, but I've said this before on the podcast that Olympiacos scares me more than Panathinaikos does, okay? Um, and I'll get more into that here again in a second. So 2-1, I think, to Panathinaikos. I think it's going to be a a very intense... That'd be, it should be a good one to watch. Unfortunately, us as Ike fans, we're only going to be able to watch the first half. Maybe I can catch the replay of the second half, but... Hopefully it goes well for Ike. <laughs> I don't really care about either of these teams. So, but what I will say, though, that makes things a lot interesting. So if this happens, this is going to put, again, I should have really checked the Vafmulia before this, so don't shoot me again, guys, if I get this wrong. I got it wrong a couple of weeks ago when I was previewing the, or last week when I was previewing the Ike Pauk game. Um, this would put a massive amount of distance between Panathinaikos and Olympiacos. If Panathinaikos are able to pull out the victory, like I'm predicting, this is uh, this is one that I feel like you have to put a star against it and say if they do wind up winning the league at the end of the season, this was one of the games why they won the league. But then again, I've talked about this last week. We've also got to take into account that yes, they're getting this home game now, but that means in. The next rounds, both after the World Cup break and in the playoffs, they'll have to go to Karaskaki twice and get a result. Um, for Olympiacos, on the other hand, if they lose this match, the season's not over, but then it, the deadby with us becomes massively, massively important for them because if you lose both to Panathinaikos and Ike, 
I mean, with Ike, it, okay, hypothetically speaking, let's say we win all three of these matches, which means beating Olympiacos, and then Olympiacos also lose this match against Panathinaikos. That means that we will have 10 points between us and Olympiacos. At that point, I wouldn't say Olympiacos are dead and buried, and then they would be freaking however many points behind Panathinaikos, considering if Panathinaikos went out. So for Olympiacos, honestly, they're going to be playing with all the pressure because they need both of these matches in order to get back into contention and really, really say, okay, we're here and really put pressure on Ike and Panathinaikos. They have to win both of these derbies. This Olympiacos team, they're getting better, which is not scary, but concerning, let's say. I don't like to use the word. I'm not scared of anyone. I'm not scared of any team. But they're getting better, and it would be a really, really big confidence boost if they can get both the win against Panathinaikos and against us, Ike, the following week. Uh, that would really announce Olympiacos back into the title hunt. Let's hope that doesn't happen. Again, if the opposite happens and they lose both of these games, then it, the hill for Olympiacos to climb is going to be, I think, too much. Uh, you know, I was talking to an Olympiacos fan the other day and they were saying, you know, yeah, but they were trying to use the logic of, well, we won the league by such and such points last year. And this, and I tried to explain to him, this is last year. Panathinaikos are a much better team than they were last year. Ike are a completely different team than they were last year. I don't see an Almeida side or I don't see us in the course of a season. Yes, we're going to come to a point pool. How we say in Greek, I think that's only natural because it's such a long season. You're going to have players that are going to the World Cup to have more tread under their tires. Um, so that's going to happen. I think it's only natural that you have a couple of bad games here and there. But I don't see us like we did last year, like dropping nine points in three straight matches against who was it like a. Uh, Ofi, Panatolikos, and Volos, I think, at home. That's not going to happen. We're not... Panathinaikos and Ike, I feel like, are not capable. These teams are not capable of this choke job. That Olibekos fans, obviously, from talking to my friend, uh, what Olibekos fans are hoping for. So, that being said, it's massive. This next week is going to show whether... Olympiacos can bounce back in and get into this race, or if we're going to go after the World Cup break with a two-team race to begin with. Um, so it's a massively important week. We really need to pick up all six points against Tripoli and um, Ofi and then head into that Olympiacos game with some confidence. Also, um, I was also listening to, uh, I know I mentioned it before, they have a channel on YouTube, NOC Delia GR, with Stavro Casajoglu, where he talks to the days after the match. So if the match is on Sunday, he talks to him on Monday, or has a show with him on Monday. If the show's on Monday, it bumps it bumps over to Tuesday. But he talks to an old like player, Vasilis Burpokis, and he said something very interesting. You know, uh, Casajoglu, the reporter, asked him, you know, what do you think about this World Cup break? What do you think... It's going to do to players 
we have so many players that are going to the World Cup. We have five or six players that are going to be playing or at least be there. Their mentality, how tired are they going to come back? And he says, actually, this is going to help keep them in rhythm. And also, like, what player does not want to go to a World Cup? Their confidence is going to be high. They're going to want to play. They're going to come back, you know, happy they were in the World Cup for their country, representing their country. They're going to have games under their belt. So the other players have to go. He was describing it as like kind of like a mini training again, which we know all the teams that are not performing so well right now, the other contenders, Olympiacos, Bao Canari, their fans are hoping they can use this time as kind of like a regroup and then hopefully come out better after the World Cup break. But he says that it's actually good for all these players that are going to the World Cup. Yes, there's always the risk of injury. And then Stavros pushing him more saying, you know, are you going to get, are they going to get tired? And he's like, you know, how tired are they going to get? Um, most of the countries they're playing for, you're not talking about that you have players that are going to make it to the final. I mean, I, I wish all our players that are going to be playing in the World Cup the best of luck, but, you know, most likely they'll be playing three or four games. Some players are just going to be there is, you know, might get a, might get a few minutes. Some players are going to be starting, but he's like, it's going to fill them with confidence it's not something to be worried about. And it was nice to hear that from a, player, from a former player's perspective, to kind of say that because in my mind, being a fan, I didn't think about it that way. I thought about it as, great, damn, there's another chance they're going to get in. They're going to, someone's going <clears> to, <throat> excuse me, someone important is going to get injured or there's a chance that, um, you know, uh, someone's going to get super tired by the end of the season and, and he always dismisses, it's funny because he always dismisses those claims about being tired. He's like, tired, tired from what? You know, you're not, you're not old, you're not messy playing, you know, however many ridiculous amounts of games and those bigger clubs make their players play. Um, how many fixtures those bigger clubs have their players playing? You know, right now for Ike, it's just, they play once or twice a week. So how much, how tired can you truly be? Um which was a good a good perspective, kind of gave me a little bit more confidence that this team is going to hold it together. Um, of course, there is a chance that our opponents could improve, but for me, I think it's more important that we, we have a manager now that months into the season, I really am starting to trust. I think Almeida is going to do a good job of keeping players focused and keeping them in game shape. Like I mentioned before, nothing's come out about our, in reports yet, but I think that they should schedule friendlies during this time to kind of just keep the juices flowing, keep the players in game shape. You know, we've talked about it before on this podcast. There's a difference between being in shape and then in game shape. Uh, but it's still, again, this World Cup break, as we look on the other side of it, it's such a big question mark as to how teams are going to do afterwards it's going to be very interesting to see um <clears throat> let me plug here guys like always thanks for taking the listens thanks for all your support man i see the numbers are growing and thank you for growing this podcast it gives me more confidence more uh makes me full of more desire and excitement to keep doing this every week or every few days um Please subscribe and rate the podcast. We still need it to grow more, get more namaste this to be a nice, you know, group of Ike fans here. Uh, 
So please, no matter on what platform you're listening to it, rate and subscribe, uh, subscribe and rate the podcast. Um, write a review if you can. Also, follow me across social media. Facebook page is Crazy Ike Fan. At Crazy Ike Fan on Instagram and on Twitter. Before I let you guys go, let's briefly, very briefly talk about Ike has an opponent in basketball, the basketball team. Live to go coming up. Um, I'm not going to be able to watch most of this match because, again, of course, the schedulers in Greece are just can just drive you crazy. So, like I said before, the Ike match is at. Uh... Actually, no, wait, 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 really? Kanalafos, I'm sorry. Greatly apologize. I just looked at the date. So maybe I will be able to catch a little bit of this match. It'll be Saturday uh, at 8.15 Greek time. Uh, they're playing Lavrio. I'm interested to see how the team's going to bounce back after two straight losses. Let's hope they do it. Uh, anyway, guys, thanks so much for taking a listen. Like I said, please rate the podcast if you can. And let's go out there and get a win. I'll have lots to talk about next Wednesday. Hopefully after we get a couple of victories, we go down to the lovely area of Arcadia and then pick up a W against Ofi at home in Philadelphia. And we'll also have to discuss the big match against the Gavri coming up next weekend. All right, guys, have a good weekend. No matter what you do, stay safe, guys. Get Forza y Carabos Panda.